0: Welcome to Global Citizen Life. Today on the podcast, podcast, we have Julie Leonard. Julie is an expat from Scotland, currently living in Munich, Germany for the last nine years with her Italian husband and her eight-year-old son. She is the CEO of Julie Leonard Coaching, combining over 30 years of psychology, mental health and coaching experience. Along with her coaching practice, she is the creator of the Intentional Happiness Circle and Simply Your Life coaching programs. And she's also author of the number one bestseller, Intentional Happiness, The Life-Changing Guide to Being Happy and Staying Happy. She's also the host of the weekly online International Women's Happy Club. Well, welcome to the show, Julie.
1: Hi, Sally. Lovely to be here.
0: So tell us a little bit of how you went from scotland to germany
1: Mm, yeah well i i moved for a really nice reason so i got i moved for love so that's always a nice one isn't it i didn't have to i didn't have to move i chose to move um yeah i moved here yeah as you say nine years ago um i was quite comfortable and quite happy in scotland Very good quality of life there, Uh, career, lovely house, great social life, all good. Uh, I guess the only thing that was missing was the partner, you know, the husband that I was looking for. And uh, gosh, in 2012, a friend asked me to go to a wedding with her in Romania. The the groom uh, was an Englishman living in Scotland and she was really good friends with him, marrying a Romanian woman. And I said, yeah, I'll be your plus one. We'll make a holiday of it. I'll be your plus one. So I went to this wedding of people that I'd never met. And there I met this really nice Italian man who was living in Munich. So uh, I met him and we spent about five days as a a wedding party uh, touring Romania and hanging out. And part of our tour was to come back to Munich and he was already living here. And so I met up with him a couple of times while we were traveling. And I thought, well, you know, we'll give it the summer. Let's see what happens. Maybe I'll have a nice story of that summer. I used to go and visit the Italian in Munich. We'll see what happens. But it went really well. And um, I had a lot of flexibility in my job. I used to get a lot of um, time owed for all the work that I did. So I would come over every kind of, yeah, maybe once a month or something for a long weekend and, and visit him. And we started thinking about, we want to be together, where are we going to live? And I was kind of keen to leave the career that I had. I was, I'd was i been working in non-profit for a long time. And I was just, I was done. I was done with it all. Uh, looking for something different. As I say, never lived anywhere else. Um, but he had a good job here. I liked the city when I came to visit. And I felt it was a good a good compromise, a good kind of place where we could we could be together. So after eighteen months, I took the decision, or we took the decision, I would say, that I would move. And so that was that was big to to pack up everything. To I, I always struggled to say give up because I don't feel like I kind of sacrificed or gave up, but I did end a long career um, and a very stable and secure. Livelihood and um, you know living and family, friends, everything, which are very important to me and moved to Munich. So yeah, I moved here uh, January of 2014 and have been here ever since.
0: Nice. that's oh, that's a great story. That's a great <laughs> reason to go and and it sounded like the the timing was was good as well for mm. you and 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 I I would never use the word give up. I would just say you started a new chapter. Yeah, Because that's basically what it is. And the the great thing that I love so much about being in Europe is all the countries are so close together. You can fly and see people easily. And the long weekend trips are so normal here um, because, you know, within two hours from any place within two hours, generally, you can get to a lot of different places. So even though they're kind of they're distant relationships they just seem to be a lot easier here than they would be say with me in Canada to get anywhere other than the United States even to hit the United States is probably at least a two-hour flight from where I'm at so yeah um, it does make it a lot
1: easier I think definitely the fact that I could jump on a cheap Ryanair flight and come come over in a couple of hours made it very possible for us to have that Um, time together and get to know each other so it was very easy and uh, being in Germany is is is, you're right feel like you're right in the center of Europe and you know coming from Scotland you know I was for a long time European (laughs) and uh, you know I always felt like yeah it was easy to travel but it's even easier now being right here in, in Germany. It's uh my husband is from Rome. So we now, since Corona, we drive there quite frequently. And it's amazing just to drive to Rome and uh, you know, or just go to I don't know, Salzburg for the day and things like that. So yeah, you're really is amazing, two, three, four hours, and you can be in different countries and it's just opened up so many opportunities. It's 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 wonderful. It's really accessible and uh yeah easy to to travel around and explore different cultures
0: right and so what uh did your family think when you told them Mm. look i'm i'm moving
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah they they were happy for me they were like go for it it's not that far away they were just, I think they were very happy that I'd met someone that I was happy with. Uh, when I met him, it was the month before my 41st birthday. So, you know, it was, uh, it was a bit later in life meeting the one. And um, uh, so I think they were happy that I'd met someone and, and that he was such a great person. And that uh, yeah, it was time to move on. They had no, no real qualms about it. I think a lot of my friends were happy for me but sad that I was going uh that's that was the the reaction but everyone was really happy and most people were like great got somewhere to come and visit <laughs> so that's another bonus
0: <laughs> Steve, for, happy. for others. make sure you get it have a big enough place where there's an extra bedroom for me to come visit
1: <laughs> that's right yeah my brother loves his beer so he was really happy to come here and explore all the thousands of beers that we have so yeah, I think people. I'm um, very close to my friends. Friendships and families are really important to me. Work hard on them. Um, so yeah, it was it was difficult to leave, and it was sad. But it was also people were just really happy for me, and I I do feel like with quite a few of my friends, I actually communicate way more now than I did when I lived there um so I certainly like a couple of my friends we, sp- we we speak or message or whatsapp or leave a voice message probably every day so is I'm <laughs> more in communication than I ever was and because I do focus on those relationships I find that now I think at the beginning I felt like when I did go back home it was that very intense let's do like a six month or a year catch up oh it was a bit much but now mm. uh quite a few of my really close friends It's just a continuation of the conversations. It's not really like a massive catch up. And that feels really good. So I'm really happy that being able to maintain and well, not even maintain, but I think even like deepen friendships. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah. I I find
0: that too, that um sometimes like you know, all friendships are different. And some Mm -hmm. when I and I left Canada a long time ago and some friendships just kind of slowly died off. They 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 played their their course that they were mm-hmm. meant to be in in life but i still have a few that with with my best friends are still very good we still message and and things like that and thank goodness there is is technology to do that and when when i go back it does seem like there is a bit of a stronger connection and and relationship and it's it's funny, too. I was talking with somebody. I think it was earlier this week or last week they were on the podcast, and he was he was had moved far away from his family. Um and his parents live in one city, and his brothers and sisters live probably about three or four hours driving mm-hmm. outside. And he said that he probably sees his family flying halfway around the world and spending about a month or so, he says, mm-hmm. with in you know, visiting each individually because they they live all around. But that quality of time is the only time that they're really all together is when when he comes, because even his brothers and sister that live three hours away don't see his parents a lot more than mm-hmm. what he does. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we think, oh, it's so far. But, you know, we, we have deeper connections. We we spend more quality time together. Um, and And if we're not really close in in physical vicinity of people. We, we don't realize that we don't really see each other as often as sometimes we think we do, even if we're living in the same region, province, state, which, whichever it is where we're at.
1: Yeah, I, f- I felt like um, in the beginning, I, I tried to maintain like a lot of relationships. So when I went home, it would be this really intense two weeks of visiting absolutely everybody. And it, all it was, was going to different houses and talking to people um and I think over time some of those connections naturally fizzled out but also I think that I felt like I changed quite a lot by moving away it gets it does change you the experience of living abroad um I had no idea how it would affect me until I did move that because I'd only lived in one country um and I felt with some people, like I had moved on and they were kind of still in the same situation or the same kind of position. And I started to feel that with some people that I didn't have the same connection with them. And those looser connections also started to fizzle out. And I think with um, we had this conversation recently in one of my groups and I did the simplify your life and looking at relationships and, and friendships which are so important indicator of happiness but actually mm, I think with like Facebook that actually we maintain a lot of friendships that would have naturally fizzled out with the distance and sort of looking at that and deciding do I hang on to these relationships because actually I don't really have any connection. I don't see them. We don't really communicate, but apart from a couple of likes on a post or something. And so, yeah, I think at this point, I'm kind of reviewing that again. And um, I'm very much being intentional, as you know, by the title of my book as well. So, you know, I'd rather work on those very close relationships Maintaining the ones at home, but you know, you know this as a as an expat. You're you're maintaining relationships at home, you're trying to build ones here. Um, you know, my husband is Italian, so we have all these connections in Italy, in Germany, and in, in Scotland. And then I have an eight-year-old who has a bigger social life than anybody. And I spent a lot of time <laughs> setting all that up as well. So, like, you know, it it takes a lot of energy to maintain all those connections. Um, so, yeah, I found that uh, some of those naturally just kind of faded, you know. Um, and I think now I feel OK about that. Um, and I think that's a natural thing as you get older as well, that you don't really need. I don't feel like I need. And I think the research says that you don't really need loads of friends. You just need good quality, quality close there's, friends, don't you?
0: Mm-hmm, I, I, I do. And there's there's a saying um and i'll probably get it a little bit wrong but it's um like when we we meet people there there could be tens of thousands of people that we meet throughout our lifetime and they're they're friends for a reason you know when we're in in a certain class we're working a certain job um we're in you know elementary school or different ones Mm -hmm. junior high Mm -hmm. so we meet so many or just acquaintances and stuff, and so we meet like thousands of people. We meet for a reason, and then maybe there's maybe a hundred or a few hundred that we meet for a reason, and it could be something again, something that we're going through. But it's longer than than. So sorry, there's the reason first, I believe it is. Then the season is the second because the season is longer, and then very few of those actually last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And and the lifetime ones we could either even meet later in life, but they. They're the ones that we really connect to and and last so because if we think about it we meet we meet thousands of people and we've talked to and things like that and acquaintances and stuff some of them become friends some of them become good friends and even for people who have office jobs um, how many people stayed connected to those people through the pandemic when they weren't at the office Mm -hmm. anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, those those things faded and because some of it is is that location wise it's that job wise and and i think part of it is the natural cycle and and it depends on on what we do and definitely moving abroad is going to i think speed up those fading away relationships mm-hmm. faster than they would have normally faded eventually
1: anyway yeah yeah I totally agree with you totally agree yeah I mean, i've had that here as well you know like having a child here you know, I had a whole mum's group, and um that was really so important to be an expat with with a kid and like, you know, just in a different country. and having that mum's group was a massive support. But after a while, I felt like I had I, I had maintained a couple of really good friendships from it, but the rest, the only thing we had in common was that we had kids at the same time. and so that felt. Um, okay to let that go because it served me for a reason then and that was the purpose and I'm so thankful for it but it doesn't mean I have to hang on to every single person from there I find a couple of people that I really connected with and were really really good friends so yeah I totally Thank agree you. with you there's you can't you're not going to be friends with everybody I think here as well one of the challenges of um, I can only speak of living in in Munich, but you know, one thing is it's a very international community here. It's a huge yeah. international expat community. We have a lot of big companies here, so it's very easy to meet people because it is, you know, a huge thing. It's like thirty percent is expat, but wow. it's also very very transient and so we have mm. a lot of people coming through who are here like on secondment for a couple of years and stuff and so that was something because I do love people and I love talking as you can tell I love connection I love meeting people that's why I love doing like podcasts and stuff I love the fact that I get to meet you today you know I love that and I found that really challenging in the beginning because I would meet people and I'd be like oh I really like you like and then you know i start to get to know them. they go I'm leaving and I'd be like oh And, you know, I might not have been really close, but it had the potential to become something. And I found that really hard. And for a long time, I would try and maintain that or try and build that relationship even when they moved. And now, you know, kind of like, okay. So I kind of, I do think I do kind of ask people like, you know, are, are you here short term? Are you like here, you know, as long term as you can predict, you know, and I do tend to pour my energy more into people who, seem to be remaining here a bit longer because it took so much energy and it was really hard to, you know, put all that energy into getting to somewhere and then put them yeah. to leave again. So um, that's that's something that I definitely have struggled with here. and noticed that it's such a transient community that people come and go a lot.
0: And, you know, it's, it's not just there. I lived in Barcelona for years and Barcelona is extremely transient as well. Some people are there for six months, some people are there for years, some people say three years, some people aren't sure. And so I get it too, because at first you want to build up these friendships and your acquaintances and your friends, and then they leave. Right. Or And you, you want to build, or you want to build a closer relationship, but then as soon as you know, oh, they're only here for a year or three years, we kind of stop ourselves a little bit because it's like mm. oh well there's you know I'll still see you we'll still hang out it's great but I'm I'm kind of putting up a bit of a wall because yeah. I don't want to get too close because I know when you go then it's just going to be sad and then I have to go through this over and over and over mm-hmm. again and that that is one of the the hardest and kind of the biggest kind of downfalls of the larger cities where if people are looking to go to with a large expat community a lot of them are more transient. So it's harder to build those relationships. So for some people going to a smaller city or a less touristy city um, would be better because then there's not as many people coming and going. They're going to stay more
1: long-term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that it's not just me then that kind of felt that, but I noticed after a while I did kind of have put that sort of wall up and didn't really pour my energy into that because it just felt like, well, you'll go quite soon. And, you know, energy is so precious. Time is so precious, isn't it? And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I learned that over the years living here of, yeah, sort of checking that out and how to, how to form friendships here. Cause it's, it's not easy to build a good close relationship you know particularly if you've left like long-term relationships behind or you know friendships of 25 years you can't have that when you start somewhere new and yeah. I think those are the things that you know I, I had some idea of like living abroad and things that I wanted to tackle and how I wanted to approach it when I came but um I think before I moved, I I really thought about oh yeah, and if we went here for a while, that'd be fine. But you know, if the opportunity came to go live somewhere else, I would do that. And and now I'm kind of like oh, I'm quite resistant to that because it takes so much energy to to really get to know a city and to feel integrated and to to feel at home and to build all those. Guys. It takes so much effort. And so I think I would be. It would have to be a really good offer to go somewhere. I wouldn't just do it for the sake of just moving around you know that's and that was what I I imagined I would would be quite open to living anywhere at any time well that's exciting but the reality is that it's it's much harder than you imagine it'll be well for me anyway it's much harder
0: yeah no and and I mean knowing oneself is the most important Mm -hmm. um I move around a lot I've this is my fifth country I'm looking to relocate again um but you're right, I'm and I'm looking more to have more of those a place where I'm really going to enjoy have roots community because those mm-hmm. those things are are important. Um, but I love the fact that I can go to many countries and see people and visit and and mm-hmm. things like that as well. So it's a it's a bit of balance. And it, it is it's knowing us knowing what is right for us, because if moving around is not a good thing for you, then you shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm that's it's just that because you're not uh, somebody's not going to be happy if they really like to have roots long-term relationships sure you you can still move but you're not going to be wanting to move every five years
1: yeah definitely so yeah we're, we're here for the long haul at the moment so let's see yeah
0: right <laughs> well so how is life in germany different from life in scotland
1: mm, yeah um even though I moved to another European country, it, it's definitely different in many ways. Um I think in terms of in the very positive sense, it's an extremely good quality of life. I would say life in Scotland is a pretty good standard of living. Um, and I had a good life there. I was I was extremely Fortunate, I worked very hard, but I, I I was always working, I was never unemployed. I've always had a career, bought my own house, you know, had had a good life, definitely. Uh, but moving here is definitely, and I live in Munich, so um, you know, Germany is such a big country and it's so different in different regions. Mm-hmm. So living in Bavaria is very different from you know Berlin, etc. But um it's definitely an extremely good quality of life. And I think that also makes it hard to think about living somewhere else now that I've lived here, because a lot of things are very good and I would say even better than being in the UK. So um, definitely healthcare is phenomenal and education, infrastructure, safety, green space, you know, those kind of things that. Well, I think probably for me at this stage of my life, being in my 50s and having a young child, you know, these are the things that become quite important, you know, might be different if I was in my 20s or 30s. But um, yeah, in terms of just a quality of life, a standard of living it's a very, very good place to live. Um, it's extremely good. So, you know, I, I feel very fortunate to live here and I really greatly appreciate it. And I think some of the things that make it challenging to live here are also what make it so good. So, you know, it's well known for having lots of rules, etc. And so that can be quite challenging, but Mm -hmm. it's also what makes it um such a good place to live so I definitely feel in terms of like being a woman living abroad it's very safe here um, having a son um is quite different living here than if I was in back in Glasgow which you know I would worry for him as he got older going out there um yeah I, I you know not to be um sort of blasey about it but you know I don't I'm not like that but when I go out I can go out I'll go out this evening I'm going to go out to a concert I go by myself I come back late at night but you know I'm obviously still oh, having awareness of what's going on but I definitely feel different from traveling backwards and forwards around Glasgow on my own uh, late at night so I do definitely as a woman feel safer here I really benefit from the healthcare system here um, yeah I just think there's lots of um great qualities and like living in munich you've got um it's it's bigger than living in a bigger city than glasgow it's nothing compared to rome which is where my husband comes from but it's a it's a fairly compact city but within you know 30 minutes you can be out in the countryside you know at the lake so we have these beautiful natural areas of lakes mountains and it's a very outdoorsy place, which I'm not a particularly outdoorsy person, but, you know, you can really embrace the the mountains for skiing and hiking and the lakes and the nature. It's so green. It's so full of okay. parks. It's it's got I think it's got like kind of most things that you'd be looking for in a city. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's a great place to live. I think on the if the challenging side is probably just like what many people talk about the culture just feels slightly different in uh-huh. terms of coming from scotland where well yeah i feel like it's a little bit more open and friendlier like people talk more to each other um and here people are more reserved it takes a long time to get to know Uh, the local people here and uh, Germans tend to as I generalize but they tend to have their friends from childhood and keep their friends and not really feel the need to add to that so it can be quite difficult to meet locals and people are more reserved Um, so that's the bit I kind of notice like compared to when I go home people just chat to you at the bus stop or in the supermarket and sometimes that sometimes I miss that part I think that's probably part of what I miss from home I don't miss too much I miss the friendliness and the openness and that daily interaction and I mean it in a sense because you know those little interactions every day are so good for our health aren't they those just they are. you know those little conversations we noticed that during the pandemic when we didn't have those those things are just so important in a day and I really miss that. And I love when I go home and you just have all these conversations. And I guess for me, the language was quite challenging. I had high hopes that I would become fluent in German and it's not happened. (laughs) And um, sometimes I do feel restricted by that, where back home, I just feel really capable of asking, calling, doing things. And here I feel a little bit more restricted. So I think that would probably make a difference. But those are the things that I perhaps... I find a little challenging, but overall I tend to focus on like how many positives are here. And I feel very thankful that I do live here. Right.
0: No. And, and those are great. And it's, it's honest and it's your experience and, and how you feel and, and there's, there is no perfect place. Yeah. I've, I've been looking, I've been to many countries <laughs> and I, I'm still looking Um. and I, and I do Every, every place has positives and negatives and the, the negatives don't have to be horribly bad. They're just things that sometimes it's just like little things that we miss. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's a negative. Like One, I can say with living in Barcelona, uh, coming from first Canada, then Costa Rica, uh, uh, the lack of green space, mm-hmm. like they say that there's lots of parks, but there's not a lot of grass parks, like they're dirt ground. Yeah, they have some trees, but it really, to me, there's such a lack of actual mm-hmm. green grass spaces that I that I really miss when I'm when I'm in Barcelona. Um, I'm just so used to it in in other places, especially when I go back um, back to Canada. Uh, it's it's there, so there there's little mm-hmm. things, um, and it's funny. I didn't realize I missed it for a long time. I was I was gone for years, and all of a sudden. And I might have been traveling in Ireland at the time, or something. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, what's what's that smell? Oh my gosh, it's amazing! And I realized it was the smell of fresh cut grass, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. most people think that sounds crazy. But when yeah. I, it, to me, growing up in Canada, it's, it's springtime. It's summertime. You smell it, but you don't really realize because you smell it so often. When you don't smell it for years, and then all of a sudden, it was just. And I really notice it now anytime, whether it is, if I go back to Canada or if I'm somewhere, the odd park in, in coast, in a, sorry, in Barcelona, or I was just here in Montenegro and they were, they were cutting grass just the other day. And I was like, I just wanted to stand there for a minute and just smell that because it's just one of those, it's the little things sometimes Mm -hmm. that, that we, that we miss. So.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I also like the fact that the weather is slightly better than Scotland (laughs) so I was never an outdoor (laughs) person because I just never embraced Scottish weather and you know I went Mm -hmm. home for a visit in uh, June and it was so cold and it just rained the whole week I was there whereas here you know I was just saying you know before we, we started recording that you know I was like it was so hot a couple of days ago here still in October. And so you feel that you can go out a bit more. We have all these beautiful beer gardens. You can sit outside. You can be in the parks. And I'm looking out my window right here. And, you know, I have lots of big trees. And literally it's 30 seconds. There's a park right here. I can see it. You know, yeah, I am seven minutes from the city centre by underground. So, you know, it's uh, you can easily so be right very close to the centre, but live in a very what feels like a very urban environment, you know, suburban environment and you know a lot of greenery and a lot of green space so it's really easy to access and just Mm. be outdoors it's a lot easier to be outdoors here i do enjoy it very much
0: yeah it's for me too it's it's one of the benefits of of all the places that i pick to live Mm. i'm usually so far it's been within about 10-ish minutes to the sea costa rica was the furthest i think that was probably a 10 minute drive the other um Barcelona and Montenegro I'm a 10 minute walk and I'm at Mm -hmm. the water um but I'm also you know not far from the the city center and even the areas where I do live there's tons of restaurants the shopping everything is almost at my doorstep Mm -hmm. um and so there's there's nice things like that because I I do love the outdoors and one of the things I hate about Canada is winter Mm -hmm. and it's there for a long time
1: and it's cold it's really cold
0: cold. (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's to me it's the the biggest the biggest negative of of it is is winter and I absolutely hate it Mm -hmm. so part of my a big portion of the reason for me leaving was the weather Mm -hmm. yeah yeah me too and (laughs) me too (laughs) so you know so for for some (laughs) listeners if it's the weather I get it if that's the only thing you dislike I get it mine Mine was weather and I, I was ready for a change. I I I knew my le- my whole life I wasn't gonna live in Canada forever. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh and I just love Europe. I I really do. It's uh it's it's a great place to be. Um, you know, and it's it's just finding ex- people's experiences. And and so for those people who are a little unsure about, you know, kind of taking that leap or taking that step and and moving, hopefully this helps uh, helps them make that mm. that decision
1: definitely so
0: back to to life in germany what do you how do you feel like the cost of living is there um mm. compared to maybe even compared to when you go and visit in Rome, um, visiting your husband's family or when you go back mm. to Scotland, are mm. they all pretty similar? Are there some some big differences? No, it's
1: it's it's expensive to live here. <laughs> it's very expensive. Tax is really high and you pay for a lot. I would say you pay a lot of money in taxis and um, but I do feel you see What you get for your money, if that makes sense. So I felt like when I lived in Scotland, Mm -hmm. I paid a lot of tax, but you know there was potholes everywhere and the rubbish didn't get picked up and those things. Whereas here, you know, you see what you get for it, and I feel like you know there's not a bit of rubbish lying around. The infrastructure is phenomenal. You know that you know, and you pay you pay for healthcare here. That's a big change. So very much about. Um, you know the NHS that we have is phenomenal but you know it's really under crisis and you know um, I know that when I moved here it was quite a shock to have to pay for my healthcare. healthcare. but what I get in return is like being a private patient back home so you know I've had so much access to treatment that I never had back home Um, and so uh, yeah yeah it's yeah I feel you know this is probably one of the number one reasons I live here <laughs> is that it's just you know so good like I mean like anywhere there's pros and cons of healthcare, but you know I think from what I've certainly accessed a lot more than um I ever did back home and had like a number of like small things and, and larger things dealt with that um would not have been dealt with um or, or weren't dealt with back home so you definitely pay a lot more housing is a, one of the biggest issues so growing up in the uk you buy a house that's more common and so you know i've always owned a house since i could go out and get a mortgage um and here it's it's difficult to buy a house because it's so expensive so i don't live in a very big house i live in a very very small apartment and uh we rent it and so that's quite different for me and to buy even a tiny apartment is so expensive I don't even think I'll ever be able to buy a house here and um I would quite like to be able to own my own house so housing is is very difficult to even rent that's really hard and to be able to afford somewhere is extremely difficult um those are the big no, ones that, it- that
0: It seems to be a problem everywhere right Mm -hmm. now in the world, like people that I talk to in different countries, whether it's um, recently in France, Istanbul, Portugal, like those are just a few people I've spoken to just today. And all of them, it's the same thing, housing, the cost of housing everywhere, which Mm kind of makes me wonder how like it can't go on forever. Like mm-hmm. housing bubbles have happened in the past. How long will it go? But I I just, I, I don't believe that the way the prices are going and everything, like it it just can't be maintained forever. Mm-hmm. Like they're mm-hmm. s- unfortunately, unfortunate for some, fortunate for others, mm-hmm. depending mm-hmm. on which side, like yeah. something's going to have to give because I just, you know, I, I see it being very similar to what we saw in 2008. Now, will it be the same or obviously the causes of it are going to be different but it, it was the same thing 2008 and then one time i think even before that that i recall i don't remember the year but i was like that, like it just it just can't continue to mm-hmm. be going the way it's going mm-hmm. like it, it so we'll see but that yeah, is definitely we'll an issue everywhere
1: yeah but is it munich is a very rich city there's a mm-hmm. lot of money and a lot of um very well-off people here so you mm-hmm. know there's a lot of Um, inherited wealth as well and the people have lovely big homes here but you know if you want to get a very small two or three bedroom house here you're well over a million euros to get a house so it's you know it's a lot it is a lot Mm -hmm. and that's most people are priced out of that so um, that's something compared to like obviously being a homeowner back home working for a non-profit I was able to buy a house so you know like it's quite different that way um right. so yeah I would say in terms of cost of living it's it's pretty high um mm-hmm. but it's what you you do in order to get all the other benefits of living here so mm-hmm. um but yeah it is expensive you do have to you do have to work to live here <laughs> right well
0: you know as they say or as, as I always say like there's there's pros and cons to everything or there's Mm -hmm. there's trade-offs we it's very few people can just have it all and even if you are making millions of dollars a year Mm -hmm. millions of euros there's still there's still a trade-off of somewhere Mm -hmm. and and we have to we just have to know what what we want I say to people like what what do you really want what are kind of those non-negotiables and be realistic about them and then, what are those things that are negotiable? And then, working within mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. there's there's places to find, and we just have to know mm-hmm. know ourselves, know what's important to us, and yeah. then and then go from there and and make decisions from there.
1: Yeah, I think we we have made choices to to trade on different things here, so we perhaps don't work as hard as we could. You know, or work as long hours. We, you know, Bavaria is is great for working hours. People do finish at five and six o'clock, and you know, everything's closed on a Sunday and things like that. So there's a um, family time is very protected. So that is a, a if you have a Bavarian contract here, then that's something that's fantastic. And so, uh, we really you know we're, we're an Italian Scottish family. It's very much about being together as a family. So we'd rather have perhaps less money and more time and to have more experiences and things so we we chose to live in a small apartment but in a nice area and to go out and have experiences than to buy stuff so that's what we've kind of traded that's what's important to us and so um yeah it, it works it works fairly well yeah.
0: yeah no i think that's that's great and um Well, we, we know that stuff doesn't make us happy anyway. It's always experiences Mm -hmm. and we can never get more time, whatever our amount of time is like, even with, with your son, as he grows up, like Mm -hmm. he's only going to be eight for one year. You're not gonna get eight again. You're absolutely so fast. You know? And so that's that is the most important. And at at some point he's he's gonna be gone, he's gonna move out, go to college, or whatever his journey and and plan is going to be. So Yeah. yeah. So once once you moved there, did you start your business right away or did you look for some work or how did you get into mm. doing what you do now because you were in, in nonprofit when yeah, you were in Scotland. Yeah. And then how did that part of the transition <laughs> happen?
1: So that part is really good. Um yeah I worked in nonprofit for over 20 years. And so and I worked in mental health and for a long time that was like so fulfilling for me. But I think after a while I got really burnt out by it all and working for a nonprofit as well because you know it's just always about being underpaid and (laughs) overworked and all the politics and the money and all these things it was just hard and I did it for over 20 years and working you know with people it was a lot Mm. um I always had a dream of working for myself but I think if I had stayed in Scotland I don't know that that would have happened um Mm. but moving here um what I did didn't really translate because there's not really the non-profit system here in Germany. We don't really have okay. that so much. Um, and the language as well was an issue. Mm. And um, there's quite an issue as well in terms of a lot of qualifications are not recognised here. So people really struggle. That's a huge issue for many people here um, to, to continue working in their field because it's not recognised. So I was clear from moving that I was going to transition to coaching. The work I had been doing in the nonprofit was really going into people's homes and working with them. And I was always asking people, you know, what are you looking for? What's recovery for you? We had a really sort of recovery approach, and uh, people kept saying to me, "I I just want to be happy," and that's why I I my focus <laughs> on happiness because people kept saying, "I just want to be happy," and I'm like, "Well, what is this? What is this happiness? And what how are we going happy? to get it?" Yeah. And that's what really set me off. Yeah. Yeah. And what we really figured out was that it was really simple things. People wanted peace of mind. They wanted some purpose. They wanted connection. And so Mm -hmm. I would set goals and and break them down and help people step by step do that and change their, their lives that way and had amazing success. Um, that's coaching. It just wasn't called that. And so when I thought about moving here and what I could do, it just seemed such a natural continuation. I had the psychology background. I had over 20 years in mental health, and that was just incredible lived experience and professional experience there. It was just so natural to move into to coaching. And so I came with a really clear plan about how I would transition into living here. The coach in me was really strong because I'd come and visited a lot, but I was really clear that um, I didn't want to just come here. And, um, you know, my, my husband had been here for a couple of years. So he had a good community and and I could easily have just sort of tagged along with him. But I was really clear that I needed to find my own network, um, set up my own business, do all of those things. So I came with a really clear plan. I wanted to learn German. I wanted to set up my own business. Um, I wanted to create my own network. I also wanted to see if I could get pregnant because at this point, I'm 42 years old. So I was like, I need to see if this is going to happen. You know, I met him later in life. And so that's what I came and I was very focused. I signed up immediately for German classes. I did a coaching qualification. I really worked on my health. I went out and really pushed myself to go out and go around on meetup and internations and and going to strange bars and navigate everything (laughs) in German and just walk into places and meet people. And actually what I ended up doing was setting up my own groups. And so I still had, that's where the The happiness club comes from i wanted Mm -hmm. to find uh, something that i like to do which was sitting around talking and drinking and eating so um, i set up the happiness club which has been going for nine years so uh, it's amazing and now it's online and it's international everyone from around the world joins so it's amazing but that's where that kind of stemmed from Mm -hmm. Um, and so when i moved i immediately started um studying to have a coaching qualification and um yeah in the August of that so I moved in January 2014 I um I'd studied my qualification which I got in the September by the August I was pregnant and so I set up my business pretty much when I was six months pregnant so that's how I did it (laughs) I I worked yeah and I I started getting clients and I, I basically worked up to like you know, messaging people on the day of giving birth, like, I need to, need to cancel. Sorry. I'm, about Sorry, to give birth. I'm late. <laughs> Yes. Um, and then went back very soon afterwards. That was one thing that I struggled with because I'd worked for years and paid into the system that I, I felt I missed out on that maternity leave and maternity pay, which mm-hmm. I'd worked for years and covered everyone else's and paid into system. And therefore that was one thing where I, I didn't have that, what felt like more like a luxury or it's not even a luxury to to have a year or two off and just focus on my child here I was self-employed and I had to go back to work so that was something I really struggled with on the other hand I think it was good for me to have something that was for my own identity and as a person right. so so yeah I, I basically started setting up my business when I was six months pregnant and uh that's what I do and and um with the I worked a lot um, here in munich but also i worked online um, around the world and then with the pandemic everything just moved online which was fine mm-hmm. and now i only coach online uh, because a lot of my clients were a lot of canadians a lot of uh, americans uh, all around the world and i love that that i can one moment be in nova scotia and then in washington dc and then in dubai and then in india and, and it's just i love that i can just connect with all these incredible people around the world and work with them so yeah my business has kind of evolved over the years and um also i wanted something that would um give me a bit more work-life balance because being an expat i have no family here we have nobody here and having a child is quite challenging one of the things about the german school system is that it's um oh well, yeah it needs to really be overhauled but kids finish around 11 30 in the morning which makes it okay. rather difficult. Yes, I, I'm not kidding you. Yes. Yes. What time do they you start? Heard me yes, you heard. <laughs> we what start at eight is... o'clock in the morning and they mostly come home between 11, 30 and 12. So uh, to be we able have to- have four
0: hours of school? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. And then mostly you try and find an after-school program to put them in while you're at work. Uh, so two things that I did was one that I That's could incredible. then- work... I had no idea. That just
0: like, I can't yeah. even believe that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's right. I think and it's they're still so
0: efficient, e- though. I mean, like they get like if Germany's known to be very efficient, so I it to me it seems very strange that the school hours are so short for being very kind of rulesy and efficient.
1: Country. Yeah, but I think it's also a very um, strong Catholic and very traditional area. Still, the church is still very dominant okay and i do mm-hmm. feel that women are still meant to be at home waiting for their kids uh, um they mm. are looking at overhauling it so that was one thing was i needed flexibility to take care of my child uh to mm-hmm. what we did make a decision was to actually put him into all-day private bilingual school because we wanted to really promote languages so that's he's in an all-day school now but i really wanted that um ability to balance my work and also having my son so Mm -hmm. it means that I can choose my hours and I can work around him and also Mm. be present for him so I I'm really happy that I could set up yeah my own business and work for myself I'm really I really love working for myself I can't imagine going back to working for someone else Mm And was it,
0: is it difficult to set up a a company in Germany or was was, it quite easy?
1: I find it fairly straightforward. It's, um, there's a lot of support to set up a business here. Um, And I mean, my kind of business, there's not a lot of setup because, you know, just have my laptop and go for it. So it's quite good. Um, And also many people do because it's quite difficult to bring your qualifications with you. Yeah, That's a big mm-hmm. reason that people struggle to, to work. There's a lot of people that move with their partners um, because they come for business. So um, there's definitely a huge percentage of women set up their own businesses. So there's a huge network of women entrepreneurs in, in Munich. So it, it's quite common and most, I think, virtually all of my friends here are self-employed so that's a big part so it you know there's this is sort of navigating those things in german dealing with tax taxing your own language is hard enough never mind in german some words are actually a whole line long i actually counted once there was 37 letters in one word even google was like oh my oh, gosh I, so I there's some even... challenges that way of navigating <laughs> sort of legal things and tax and stuff but overall it's fairly easy to okay. set up and run a business okay. here, so um, yeah, I'm really happy that I've done that. And, That's great. I great. love what I do. Well,
0: if if people wanted to to work with you mm-hmm. um, or join your your Women's Happiness Club, what's yeah. the the best ways for for the listeners to connect?
1: Yeah, of course, like have a website, julieleonardcoaching.com. You can find out the different courses and group programs as well as one-on-one. And I also have a Facebook group called the Happiness Club VIP. So that's a big, you know, we've got well over, I don't know, one and a half thousand women on there, a lovely big community. And that's where you can find all the stuff that I do, including a weekly free happiness club that you can come and join and learn all about how to be happier in your life it's all based on science and research and we bring lots of lovely like-minded women from all around the world and you realize that no matter where you live we all have the same issues it's the same stuff
0: it really is it is well thank you Julie very much for your time I really appreciate it and I know the listeners got a lot of valuable information
1: thank you so much